Today we welcome Todd Touchbury to Fliver Channel Talks. Todd is a father from Sumter, South Carolina, who is planning a cross-country journey in his Ford Model T. Todd plans to set out on this adventure in November to raise money for hydrocephalus research, which is a condition that his daughter suffers from. Todd is busy these days running a restaurant and being a husband and father, yet somehow he finds time to prepare his Model T and trailer for the adventure and to promote the trip and raise funds for the charity. I'm full of questions for Todd about hydrocephalus, about his plans and preparations for a cross-country journey in a 100-year-old car, and about his experiences as a Model T owner. Todd, welcome to Fliver Channel Talks. Well, thanks for having me. I've got so many things I'd like to ask you, but why don't we start with the car? Um, do you have a long history with Model Ts? I don't really. Only uh, in it about 16 or 18 months now. Uh, really still new to them. I've always had older stuff, you know, from the 50s, 60s, 70s, mostly things that had a small box Chevrolet in it. Uh, okay. So this was totally, totally new for us. <laughs> what got you started? Uh, on my bucket list of things to own was a 100-year-old car. And when I started researching uh, prices of cars uh, that were over 100 years old, the Model T's just seemed to be a little bit more budget-friendly. <laughs> That's the truth, yep, definitely. Although they still find a way to suck dollars out of your wallet. Nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah, so was it surprising working, owning and working on your, your first 100-year-old uh, car? I learned to drive on my great-uncle's. He was kind of like my granddaddy. Uh, tractor. He had a Ford tractor, so I was used to the gas being up here, you know, and the brake and, you know, everything. And I have a history of dirt track racing, so I drive with two feet anyway. Uh, so okay. it wasn't wasn't that hard to become accustomed to it, you know, jumping out of a modern vehicle and jumping back in that and then jumping back in a modern vehicle, you know, it takes a second to get acclimated. Yeah. But um, it, as far as working on it, uh, obviously still learning, you know, uh, some of the internal stuff, you know, First time I greased it or, or changed the oil in it when we first got the first one, uh, I was like, man, I, I've, I've got to be the YouTube mechanic for a minute, <laughs> you know, and uh, look how to do things. And, and uh, it, it, it's simple, you know, it's just a, it's a little bit different thinking, a little bit more primitive than what I was used to. But uh, mm -hmm. it's so complex, but yet so simple, you know, so it's, it's, yes. it's really interesting. It is neat. I really like the ignition system. The uh, yes. the the wooden individual uh, coils, one for each plug, and the simple timer, just with a mechanical lever to set the timing. It's it's really uh, compelling, compellingly simple yet remarkably effective for for its day. I love showing people the the coil boxes. You know, made out of wood. It kind of blows. <laughs> yeah. They're perfect at the car shows to be able to yeah. pop those out and show people. People get really excited and amazed. Yeah. Well, tell me, how, how did you come by uh, your tea? Uh, I found it online on an online sale, and uh, we went from South Carolina. We left on a Saturday morning, and I think it was Saturday midday, and drove through the all afternoon through the night through the snow all the way up to Connecticut, picked it up on a Monday morning and drove straight back through the snow. Um, quite the, quite the uh, expedition, <laughs> expedition, I guess you could say. Um, but we had a good time on that trip as well. We stopped at Gettysburg and some other, you know, places on the way. 
and uh, for nice. a few minutes. But we got back home, and I was so tired. It took two or three days before we even unloaded it out the trailer. Uh, <laughs> that was that was quite the trip. Yeah, indeed. Now, do you only have one T, or are you like uh, so have, many owners that seem they seem to multiply? I was like, no, nah, we'll be good with one. And you know, a few months later, we had our second one. <laughs> We, bought, we got a truck to start with up in Connecticut, and then I think it was last May or June, we went to Florida and picked up a touring car. Oh, wow. And which one do you plan to take across the country? Uh, the truck will be the uh, the one that you see, <laughs> but I will probably take both, you know, for uh, make sure I have spare parts, but I think I'm going to take the body off the touring car. Um, I had several people say that was overkill, but I don't know. I'd really make well, sure. I, I find whatever you prepare for won't happen. So if you're prepared exactly. for that, you'll be just fine. Yeah, so we'll have an extra <laughs> engine, transmission, and rear end with us, front axle, everything. So your Play trailer's it. big enough. Your trailer's big enough for two of them. Yeah, I think we can fit them in there. Um, I may be in denial about this, but I've, I, I bought a 24 foot trailer. Um, mm-hmm. last, in fact, a year ago today, it came up on my Facebook memories. Uh, we went to Georgia and picked that up, and um, I, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to finagle both of them in there. You know, even if I have to <laughs> turn one sideways or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Oh, good, neat. And is is that trailer going with you on the trip? Have you got a, a yeah, following my, vehicle? My or? wife, um, our both of our friend Jasmine, uh, Charlie Fawcett. He's a realtor here in town, and he sponsored just about every car show that I posted at the restaurant that I run. Okay. And uh, another buddy, Philip Gibbler, he's a retired Air Force guy, and he's he's an all-around car guy. So they're going with us, and um, they'll take care of any maintenance or changing flat tires, whether it be on the Model T truck or trailer or what have you. And the plan is for my wife and Jasmine to fly back to South Carolina, and then three guys will drive back. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're you're putting together a, a, a good team to go with you on this adventure. So tell me more about the adventure that you've got planned. What's your what's your route, and uh, when do you hope to go? The um, we're going to actually start in South Carolina. I originally planned on starting in Georgia near Savannah, and uh, because the old Highway 80 from back in the teens and 20s, I don't remember what year it was put together. It ran coast to coast from Savannah, Georgia to San Diego, California, nonstop until uh, 1964, I think it was. And then west of Dallas, it's pretty much decommissioned. And uh, so we're going to go, since we visit Georgia a lot anyway on our little small vacations and adventures we do, we're not going to get on 80 initially, but we're going to leave Hunting Island State Park in South Carolina since that's our hometown or home state. And uh, we had a, a representative actually donated a flag an american flag and south carolina state flag off of the capitol building over in columbia south carolina so we're also going to be displaying that nice. so again i felt like we should start in south carolina so we'll drop back down mm-hmm. into georgia go around savannah to uh claxton georgia which is the fruitcake capital of the world vidalia georgia which is popular for the vidalia onions and over to andersonville um georgia is a uh state and national historic site for civil war battle or i'm sorry um pow camp then we'll jump back up the next day to columbus georgia and get on 80 what's left of it and carry it all the way through shreveport all the way to dallas mm-hmm. and then from there i don't i'm not 100 percent on the route yet but uh, i plan to go to hobbs new mexico after we leave fort worth 
and uh, drop back down to the uh, Carlsbad Caverns and then Guadalupe Mountains and maybe over to Tombstone, Arizona. Oh, amazing. And do you think you can uh, avoid the interstates? Uh, most of it, yeah. There's a few places <clears throat> that I know we'll have to get on interstates to get from one, you know, what, what we have here are state roads, you know, kind of back roads mm -hmm. from one state road to the next that are slower speed limits, two, two lanes and going through different small towns and such. But we'll have to get on a few of them. But absolute worst case scenario is we put it in the trailer if it gets to be an unsafe situation, you know. Yeah, that's good to have that option. That's a yeah. That's, that's a not great the plan, thing. but we do have it just in case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And are you planning to take it slowly and do lots of stops and visits, or is is this a uh, uh, a speed run of some kind? I would really <laughs> I like that. Make it. <laughs> I, I, as I said in my YouTube video when we announced the trip, and I, I said it at the Model T meeting out in Las Vegas a few weeks ago, you know, I grew up watching Convoy, uh, Smoking the Bandit, Cannonball Run, so I got, I, and I love racing, so I've kind of got that mentality that let's get through this as fast as we can. But I did have to promise my wife, you know, we would do a little bit of sightseeing on the side, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as fast as you can, is that's a good way to put it, because... You can't be going too fast in a Model T. Yeah. <laughs> I was inspired also. Um, in fact, I've got the book up under my computer if I don't upset the camera too much. Uh, Tom Cotter, if you haven't read this book. Oh, okay. Yep, I haven't. Interesting. There's a link on our YouTube channel for, um, for our announcement when I said it's only 3,000 miles in the little thumbnail. Uh, they did it in like 14 and a half days and... 2016 or 17 i think it was and um so we're going to try to do it in 12 and a half just because that's my, my mentality <laughs> you know wow that's gonna be long days all right yeah, and, and only in daylight i presume yeah i'm sure we'll end up a little bit at night but like i said i'm, I'm gonna leave as absolutely as early as i possibly can in the morning uh mm -hmm. the first two or three days and i've got everything just about down to the minute for the first three or four days but the first two or three days we'll probably be looking at nine and a half to ten hours of seat time each day you know. Right. And have you got scheduled maintenance stops or are you expecting yeah. your uh, teammates to do that in the overnights like a, like a 24 They're hour gonna, race? Every, every time we stop for gas or bathroom breaks or whatever, you know, which those are almost scheduled. Um, but of course, the truck and trailer, whoever's there, you know, whether my wife or, you know, each one, each person will take turns riding with me, you know, at different points, mm -hmm. but I'll be the only solo driver. Um, okay. So that's a little bit more, you know, of a unique thing i think um you know each time we stop for bathroom or you know lunch or what have you, you know we'll try to do some maintenance on it you know check the oil before we take back off you know do the greasing and stuff like that if it needs it great but those, those guys uh philip and uh charlie will be doing most of that you'll be pretty tired you'll need to take rest breaks whenever yeah. you can yep yeah, but you'll get to see the country because uh, at the pace of a Model T, you can really enjoy the scenery and the uh, the uh, the natural areas that you're passing through. I find anyway. I got on. Uh, I found a, a website called RoadsideAmerica.com. I think it was, and they're they've got little pins dropped across a map, and you can find some really interesting things. So, like I said, once we get to you know through alabama because we visit georgia and alabama a good bit there's a few things that we definitely want to stop and see you know just for Great. some 
again, roadside attractions. You know, when I was a kid, you know, I, I got the tail end of stuff that was in the southeast, uh, specifically Cherokee, North Carolina, uh, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, um, Maggie Valley, North Carolina. And there were a lot of, you know, roadside attractions, so to speak, you know, along mm -hmm. that route. And uh, so there's still a few things out there that I, I definitely want to see. You know, it would be a great time to stop and stretch your legs at least for a few minutes anyway. Mm -hmm. I expect the Model T community along your route is going to be pretty energized to uh, hear when you're coming through and that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, Ron Custer was in charge of the Model T Club of America national meeting two or three weeks ago in Las Vegas, and he invited me to come out and speak. and. We met a lot of cool people, you know, and um, uh, some of them offered to do whatever they could do, whether it was a route or if they're, you know, within 100 miles of us and said, if we need anything. So that, that was great, you know. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get as much support as you need. Fantastic. So how many hours a day, Dan, do you think you'll be driving? I think the first few days, first two or three days will be, you know, nine, nine and a half, maybe 10 hours, you know, if need be. Because another thing is, you know, we can't just drive until we get tired or till I get tired and find a motel. I've got to have each stop booked out well in advance. And if I say mm -hmm. we're stopping in this town, that's where we have accommodations for that night. You know, so we have to make it there, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's, a, you know, five or six in the afternoon or if it's 1130 at night, you know, we've got to get there. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, mostly hotels along the way, or are you doing some camping too? We're, we're going to do some camping as well. Um, again, you know, depending on what I did is I drew out a, a straight line, you know, on a map, you know, east to west and said, you know, okay, <laughs> just, you know, depending on the terrain as well, you know, okay, if I can go 200 miles in this rougher terrain, you know, where there's some elevation changes, or if it's flat like West Texas, you know, maybe we can do 300 miles that day just for sake of figuring. Mm -hmm. And I drew a circle, you know, around between 250 and 300. And where are their accommodations at? Is there an Airbnb? Right. Is there a state park or a KOA campground or whatever, you know, and that's kind of the determining factor. So some of the stops, stops will be at um, state parks, you know, local campgrounds, a KOA. And every fourth night, I'm going to try to do an Airbnb, you know, that way we can get a, a easier shower, you know, rather than you know, the cramp showers like at state parks and such yeah. and be able to stretch out just a little bit more. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, that sounds like an amazing trip. My wife said one and done. <laughs> you know, <with> this trip. <laughs> oh, that's good. You're not just doing this journey for your own, um, adventure and entertainment. You've got a, uh, a more altruistic motive. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, my now 22-year-old daughter uh, was born with hydrocephalus, which is uh, a normal amount of uh, cerebral spinal fluid on your brain. Uh, like ours right now is circulating and through our ventricles, kind of like a radiator hose and, you know, radiator and water <laughs> pump, more or less. That's the way I, to car guys, that's the only way I know how to, you know, explain what it is. But anyway, her mm -hmm. ventricles were constricted like a radiator hose would collapse. Her ventricles were mm -hmm. constricted so the spinal fluid couldn't go through, you know, at the right pace. And uh, so it did a lot of damage to her brain before she was born. She's missing two-thirds of her midline. She shouldn't be able to, you know, know left and right. Um, or the back of her brain actually just bluntly looks like Swiss cheese, you know, when you look at it on a scan. 
And, um, but anyway, she luckily, fortunately, she had a little bit of flow through those ventricles uh, where some people have none. And it's a lot more of a dire condition. Uh, but she had a shunt placed in her brain, which is almost like a straw. And it goes down, it went from here, you know, you could feel it under her skin down. She's had it to her heart, spine and stomach, you know, over the years. And anyway, it just drains the excess fluid off of her brain. Right. So once she got old enough to realize, you know, what was, I mean, she knows no different either. So once she got old enough, she started doing some fundraisers and they do a, a walk. Um, got my shirt on today. And she started doing a fundraiser for that. And she asked me for years to help her with her fundraiser. She's like, Daddy, do a car show, you know, or whatever to help me out, you know. And again, I want to be clear, this money is not for her personally. This is for Hydrocephalus Association, anything Excellent. we raise. And I told her, I was like, I put her off, and I was like, I'm going to come up with something bigger than just an average car show. You know, so once we got the first Model T, and I started researching people with the Model Ts and people that went coast to coast, and it was 60-something days, and it was 40-something days, <laughs> and they kept getting it shorter and shorter. I was like, man, that would be really cool to do in an old car, but I don't know about a Model T. Then we went to the Henry Ford Museum and uh, started researching some more, and I just the more I got into it, and I was like, man, this might be possible. Maybe this is, you know for lack of a better way to put it, you know, a gimmick, you know, to raise awareness for hydrocephalus. Mm -hmm. And uh, I told her about it and she was quite amazed and all, but uh, you know, she's been very passionate. She usually raises about $2,000 a year. And uh, so I was like, man, let's, let's really blow it out the water, you know, for and try to raise a substantial mm -hmm. amount of money. And when we were doing the video for the announcement, $10 just popped in my mind per mile. And I was like, man, okay, we got to raise $10 per mile. So we're trying to raise $30,000 and uh, a lot of people have donated. I think we're at 21 different States, uh, have made donations now for the little decals wow. that we're trying to mail out. And, uh, sure. so it's pretty cool. It's, it's reached a lot of people. I mean, obviously it's went across the border now, you know, to you, um, <laughs> some guys in Australia made a comment, you know, one time a few weeks ago, so it's, it's international now, I guess. Well, the Model T community is international, and it's very generous. So I'm sure you'll, um, as you get closer and closer to your departure, you'll get even more support. It's fantastic. So it, it's, it's, um, it's very challenging, too. Like I said, you know, booking out each stop, you know, okay, are there even gas stations, you know, anywhere mm -hmm. close? So we've, I've had to get on Google Maps and... Uh, I've talked to someone in every single state that we'll go through and they're whether just a random chamber of commerce or the, the welcome center and everyone has been very accommodating so far when I explain to them, you know, this is why we may be coming through your town or your state or whatever, you know, and mm -hmm. very accommodating. Are you doing your own navigation then? Because you're the lead car, right? Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I've got just about the first couple of days anyway just about down to the minute, like, okay, we should arrive at Port Royal, South Carolina. Yeah, Port Royal, which is the front porch of Savannah. I think it's what they call it, Georgia. We should arrive there at such and such time. We should arrive at uh, Claxton, Georgia. At, I don't remember off the top of my head, 9.45 a.m., you know, and it, I tried to build in 10 to 20 minutes for each stop, you know, whether it's just for bathroom or gas or whatever or if there's a little bit of sightseeing or the maintenance, you know, so at the last stop of the day, I think I built in 30 minutes or 45 minutes and arrive at our campground that night at 6.30 or 6.40 or something like that. I can't remember, but I tried to, I tried to allow, you know, because I've got to have some kind of a schedule, you know, to go by 
or we'll just get behind, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, look at this, you know, you know swirl, you know, <laughs> and get lost on the time. Yeah, well, that's the racer mentality, right? You're yep. always thinking how to how to keep moving, how to get to the next the next milestone. That's good. That's going to be an amazing, amazing journey. So what kinds of things have you had to do on the tee to prepare it? And what do you still have on your to-do list? So, so far we have the, uh, the engine and transmission out of the touring car. And it's kind of getting a, a light refreshment, I guess you could say. And um, we're going to go through the two rear ends um, just to make sure they have the modern thrust bearing thrust washers in them. Because uh, I've never taken these two apart, and I have another one taken apart and getting some help on that one, and um, have a radiator on order. Of course, that's another thing that takes forever, and really just making sure both cars are as prepped as they possibly can. That way, mm-hmm. I know I have a, at least one spare part, you know? mm-hmm. and eight wheel. I'll have eight wheels with me. <laughs> I have good. almost as many as you have in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got Model T and Model A wheels piled up everywhere here right now. Now, are you running wooden wheels or wire? I still run the wooden wheels, and I wanted to switch to wire, but just there's the simple cost of it, you know. And I was like, man, I've got eight, you know, mm-hmm. two front, you know, four fronts, four rears, you know, mm-hmm. should be good to go. Are they in good condition? Spokes are tight. And... Spokes are good and tight. Um, they'll be good and tight until probably day two. <laughs> that would be my my love, but. <laughs> We'll just hope we'll just run through some water or something other and see if they really actually tighten up. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing, too. I'd never driven my Model T in the rain until about a month ago, and uh, we had a rainy day, and I was like, okay, I'm going to just go out here and drive around in the neighborhood in the rain, and as soon as I pulled it out, I quit raining. So I uh, <laughs> waited a few minutes and actually drove it, and um, that's another thing, too. We've The news people have come over here in the little wiper, you know, Mm-hmm. They get they get a big laugh out of that, and they're like, Are everybody, you gets a, yeah. <laughs> everybody gets a kick out of that. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things about the tea that are just so intriguing to people these days because it's just so different. So sort of primitive, but also ingenious. Yeah. The, uh, the news reporter from the local TV channel, the last one that was over here, he was 23, 24, I think. And I was like, what is the oldest thing you've ever ridden in? I rode in my grandpa's <laughs> old Ford tr- old rusty Ford truck. And I was like, really? You know, because that's the first thing I ask anybody that's younger than me. You know, what's the oldest <laughs> thing they've ever ridden in? And she's like, yeah, it was like a 1990-something. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was already out of high school and everything else. And that's the oldest thing you've ever ridden in. So it, that, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about it is taking people for a ride and letting them hear the horn and everything else. <laughs> That's fun. That's good. Yes, I hope those wheels stand up for you. At least you got lots of spares. That's good. Yeah. Good. So what, what else is there to do? Um, really just the finishing, the planning, the route. And the guys from San Diego that were in Las Vegas a few weeks ago said they would help me out planning it. Um, they drove theirs from San Diego to Las Vegas and they said some of the route that I wanted had already planned and told them about probably wasn't the best route to take. So um, I was like, I'm, I mean, just get me from Dallas to San Diego, however it takes, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you suggest. Y'all, y'all are familiar with these areas a lot more than I am. And um, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens. 
Do you need special preparations for the deserts or the mountains? Well, <laughs> I had a lot of people also say November was the wrong month to do it in, but it just it worked out great for me. Uh, with the restaurant, uh, we're actually leaving a couple of days before Thanksgiving. So that's a slower week for us at the restaurant. And right. um, we have two other children still in school. And uh, so they'll be in school one week and out the following week. So that also was a consideration. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's our biggest thing, you know, is just, just yeah. making arrangements for everything to still you know, flow smoothly. I wouldn't know where to begin to plan a, a trip like that, let alone on a tight, time, tight timeline. So it's, uh, we'll all be following closely, that's for sure. Who's in charge of your social media while you're traveling? Yeah, everyone will be doing some videos for me. You know, if I, you know, if my wife or whoever's riding with me and I say video this and send it to me, you know, they'll, uh, they'll take care of it. But I, I'm really big on social media. You know, I I think Mm -hmm. it's a a remarkable tool to use to get people's attention, whether it's Mm -hmm. for this or for the restaurant or any other cause or business or anything. It's just, it's a wonderful tool to be, that we have at our disposal. Well, and, you know, let me know if I can help in any way with the uh, Flipper Channel. Of course, people are welcome to follow me on Facebook or Instagram, TikTok, or mm-hmm. YouTube. Yes, I'll make sure I include all those links in the description and also on my uh, social media channel so that people have lots of ways of, uh, of following you and staying in touch as you prepare for the journey and as, as you strike out on the journey. I want to thank Todd for speaking to me today. You can bet that Fliver Channel will be following his preparations and his journey very closely. And we will do everything we can to help promote this fundraiser. It's for an important cause and it's a compelling story. If listeners would like to contribute, I will put links in the description and in our social media feeds. Todd, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sure we'll talk again before your departure. I'm looking forward to it.